Our Heavenly Father, as we come before your throne of grace and mercy a second time this morning, we are praying this time for this word, the word, your word. You have it written by 40 different individuals over a 1,600-year period, yet it is all together today. It is all in accord. It is all, uh, Lord, perfectly inspired by you, the Word of God, the Bible. Lord, today as we think of graduation and we think of uh, uh, what we individuals will be doing in our lives, whether we are graduate or whether we're we're older or whether we're a senior uh, in age, we still know that God wants to use us. And so, Lord, as we uh, bring out the word this morning, we pray that you will uh, speak to each heart here and allow this to, to be a word of encouragement, a word that, that will, uh, Lord, help those who are going forward in life. And all of us should be going forward no matter what our age, and we should be going forward for you. And so as we look into this scripture, may it be uh, an encouragement to us. Now, Lord, I pray that you would help your servant here. Lord, remove me from from, uh, the spotlight and put Jesus there, and may the Holy Spirit teach through us today for your glory, your honor, and your praise. And Lord, if there'd be someone here today that has never asked Jesus to come into their life and save them, we pray, God, that they would, would they would realize, God, that there is no greater decision in all of life than what will I do with Jesus. So we pray that you would have your way and your will in this message. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Joshua's graduation. So we are going to talk about a person today who was used greatly of the Lord. Uh, He was a former slave in Egypt to the Pharaoh. Uh, He saw through Moses God work and pour out ten harsh judgments upon the Egyptian people. He was privileged to be able to walk, if you can, if you can uh, visualize this. He was privileged to walk through the parted sea, the Red Sea, and look on both sides and see a wall of water standing on both sides with an inv- invisible hand keeping it back as he walked through with two million other people over to the Sinai Peninsula on dry land. Wow, to have experienced that. And God gave deliverance to the uh, people that had been in bondage 430 years uh, to the Egyptians. So as we think about Joshua, we think about his early life, how it must have been to have been a slave, and to be beaten, and possibly he had been beaten. Uh, But also he must have observed the Egyptians and their way of of life and their military, which had to be one of the strongest at that time in history, one of the strongest, because we know that the 
Pharaoh had 600 chariots that drowned. They went into the Red Sea and they drowned the people that were on them. His soldiers, they, they were drowned by the Red Sea. So there was a great army. I'm sure he probably observed that great army and maybe even mimicked, as some kids mimic, uh, playing cowboys and Indians or, or soldier or uh, uh, Star Wars or whatever uh, kids mimic today in, in, their, uh, in, in their childhood. Uh, that he may have mimicked being a soldier in Pharaoh's army. But early on we know that he became, uh, he would become the leader of the Hebrews. And so we see that we read his story in Scripture and we see that God was working in his life. And Joshua became committed. He became committed to following Moses and supporting him in the quest to obey God. The first mention of his name is in Exodus chapter number 17 and uh, verse number 9. And we see, Moses said to Joshua, Choose us out men. Go out and fight with Amalekah. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God and and his mighty hand. And, and so we see that they had crossed the Red Sea. They had come up on to the Sinai Peninsula. And God now has given Moses instructions. Go down to the end of the Sinai Peninsula to Mount Sinai. And I'm going to give you laws to live by. We call those the Ten Commandments. And so on their way to this journey, this enemy nation came out against the Hebrews, against Moses. And so uh, maybe Joshua had been trained down in Egypt or watched the soldiers being trained, but he was the one that, that Moses depended upon to lead the fight against Amalekah. And so Joshua goes down into the valley, and we know that uh, the next day, Aaron, uh, Moses' brother, and another guy named Ur, H-U-R, held up Moses' hands. As long as his hands were held up with the rod of God in, in his hands, Israel won the battle. When his hands got tired, uh, they would start losing the battle. So Aaron and Ur would come and support his hands and lift them up. And Israel, as we know, defeated Amalekah. Now this passage suggests to us that Moses and Joshua had a really good working relationship. Um, among us today are possible Joshua's. Not just these three graduates, but all of us can be Joshua in a sense. And as we get into this, we'll see how. First, to be a Joshua, we must, we must be saved. Second uh, Peter chapter 3, verse 9 says, um, God is not slack concerning His promises, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all come to repentance. 
So first, to be a Joshua in God's army, we must be saved. Secondly, uh, we must be willing as a uh, soldier for the Lord, as a Christian, we must be willing to be a good steward. Now, we'll talk about that in just a moment. Let us read 1 Corinthians uh, chapter number 4 and verse 2. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. So once you're saved, God calls you to be a steward. That is, uh, He has given you certain gifts through the Spirit to use to serve Him with, to serve through the church with. And so be a good steward. Use what God has equipped you with to glorify the Lord. And then thirdly, we see that He has called, God has called some to a more precise uh, ministry or position in in life. Um, If you'll turn to Paul's writing to the church of Ephesus, Ephesians chapter number 4, verse 11 and 12, he says, And gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers, that happens to be yours truly here today, uh, for the for the perfecting of the saints, for the working of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. And, and so some people, God has called even to a, a deeper uh, ministry for Him. Uh, Some may be Sunday school teachers. Some may be the superintendent. Some might be a deacon. Some might be uh, a Bible school worker. Uh, It just depends on how God calls you and how you're willing to receive His call. You see, you you can be stingy with God in your life. But I hope you would always be willing to surrender yourself unto His service. And so Joshua needed some edification. He faced graduating into the leadership of two million people. Wow. I think about my principal at Logan High. She has 600 uh, and plus students and 40-some um, uh, teachers and the service personnel and the cooks that she has to deal with, and that is a big job. That's a lot of responsibility. But you think about, you think about Joshua stepping into Moses' shoes or sandals and having to lead two million, and by the way, they were 20 years old and under. Now, I'm going to throw this into it. They were mostly teenagers. Now, parents that have teenagers or have had teenagers, you understand. He had a he had bitten off a big chew there, hadn't he? And so Joshua needed to be encouraged. Now, these graduates, we need to encourage them, but I also want to ask you to consider yourself today. You are graduating 
every day into the service of the Lord. Some of you have been saved for a lot of years. Some of you have been saved some years. Some of you have just been saved in recent years. But God expects us to continue to grow and to step up to the plate daily. He, does, he just didn't save you to sit in a pew. He saved you to grow and mature in the Lord. And so you can take this message today as the graduates are to take it. Uh, take note. You may need these same encouragements. So let's look at the first one. Turn with me to Joshua chapter number 1. And the first encouragement that we see is the event that is about to take place. The event. Joshua chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore, arise, go. Those are two words there to remember. Arise, go over Jordan. And, and thou and all the people unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. And so God is challenging Joshua. God, I hope today, will challenge each of you. Arise. Go. Go to college. Go to the military. Go get a job. Go get married. Just go to life. He may be saying to some of us, Arise. Go. Go to your neighbor. Be a witness. Arise, go to the hospital. Help someone. Visit someone. Arise, go to the nursing home. God speaks to us if we'll let Him use us to do His will. And so arise, go. And how can we be assured of success if we arise and go? Well, just like old Joshua did. Turn with me to, keep your finger there or your bookmark there, but let's go over to Matthew chapter 6. And here's how you can be successful as you arise and go to whatever it is that God is calling you to do. Verse 33, Matthew 6.33. But seek you first the kingdom of God, and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. What must we arise and go? To seek God's righteousness. To seek his will. James chapter 4 uh, continues with this thought. James chapter number 4 and verse number 15. James 4. 15. <clears throat> and the brother says, Ye ought to say, If the Lord will, we shall live, or do this or that. You see, it's got to be the Lord's will. If you arise and go, 
Arise and go seeking the kingdom of God in his will. Secondly, there are three essential things that we must take with us as we arise and go to whatever it is that God might be calling us to do in life. The first thing is we must pray. If we don't pray for guidance, then we're going to take the wrong route, I guarantee you. You must pray. Then you must use the Bible as your roadmap. The Bible will not lead you wrong. And you must consult with the Holy Spirit who lives in you if you're a Christian. He lives in you to help you understand what God's will is. So let's look at a few verses that will show us these truths. Turn with me to John chapter 15. And Jesus is speaking to his disciples the last night he lived on earth. And he says to them in verse number 7, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. You see? We must abide in His, in prayer, in His Word, and by the power of the Holy Spirit. And then probably uh, one of the most famous verses about the, the Bible, Second uh, uh, Timothy 2.15, Study to show yourself approved. A workman needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Study the Bible, and God's Spirit will show you where to go. And then you can be led by John chapter 16, verse 13. Nevertheless, when he, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth, and he shall, he shall not speak of himself, but whatever, he, whatever you shall hear, he shall he speak, and he shall show you things to come. So if you use prayer and you use the Scripture, and you allow the Holy Spirit to direct you, then God says this is what the result will be. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter number 10 and verse number 31. This is the result. Whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatever you do, do all... To the glory of God. So if you let your life be used of God through prayer, Bible study, allowing the Holy Spirit to lead you, you will bring glory to God. And that's what God has put us here for. To represent Him and to show forth His glory in our lives. So the first thing we see in Joshua's graduation is the event, the event that God challenged him to arise and go. Now the second thing we see, Joshua chapter number 1, verses 5 and 6, we see that God gives him encouragement. Encouragement. But everybody needs to be encouraged, don't they? Someone comes along to you, pats you on the back and says, I really uh, thank you for what you're doing. Or uh, they send you a text and they tell you, man, you influenced my life so much when I was growing up. 
That's just an encouragement. You know, just saying, man, it's great to see you here today. It's great to see you come to the Lord's house. And, and so we need encouragement. And so in Joshua chapter 1, verse 5, he says, There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Now here's the encouragement. Be strong and of good courage, for unto this people shalt thou divide an inheritance in the land which I swore unto your fathers to give them. Man, what encouragement that was for God to speak to Joshua and to tell him that he was going to be with him and that nobody would be able to stand against him and that he would conquer those seven heathen nations, move them out of Canaan, the Hebrews would go in and he would divide the land among the tribes or the families of Israel. You know, uh, it's always good to know what's going to happen in the future, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Now, today, we've got to trust God, His Word, and His Holy Spirit to know what the future is. But God gave him a glimpse of the future. Uh, I can give you a glimpse of, 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 of your future if you'll do the things that we're teaching you today. Rely on the Bible. Rely on prayer. The leadership of the Holy Spirit. Glorify the Lord. I can tell you, your future is going to be good if you do those things. Now, turn with me to, to the encouragement, uh, the steps of directing the encouragement. Uh, Deuteronomy, the book before uh, Joshua, chapter 31, and we're going to read verse 6, 7, and 8. And here is what God said through Moses, Be strong and of good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them. That is the people that was in the land, these heathen people. For the Lord thy God, He it is who doth go with thee. He will not fail thee nor forsake thee. And Moses called unto Joshua and said, Bring him in the sight of all Israel. Man, he put old Joshua on the on the spotlight, didn't he? He said, two million people, here's your new leader. He says, be strong and of good courage, for thou must go with this people into the land which the Lord hath sworn unto thy fathers to give unto them, and thou shalt cause them to inherit it. And the Lord, he it is, who doth go before thee, he will be with thee, he will not fail thee, neither forsake thee, fear not, neither be dismayed. Man, what encouragement that was. Now, God says the same thing to the church, the Christian today. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter number 13 and verse number 5. And that was three verses that most God said through Moses to Joshua. Now I'm going to give you one verse that God's going to say to you, and it's just the last part of it that we need to really listen to. Well, we need to listen to all, but the, the one part is for us. He says, let your, more, uh, former, uh, let your manner of life or your conversation be without covetousness, and be content with which, which things that you have. For he said, I will, here it is, read it with me. 
I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. God has promised. He is. He gives us eternal life. His Spirit is in us forever when we get saved. And so the encouragement is a personal assurance to Joshua and a personal assurance to us that God is going to be with us. Now, how can we have this assurance today? How can we have that assurance today? Well, I'm going to, I'm going to suggest this. Associate with godly people. I heard the old uh, cliche, if you lie with dogs, you're going to get fleas. Associating with godly people, you won't get fleas. You'll you'll have the will of God. You see, uh, the church, you can count on. These people here, graduates, these people here are going to pray for you. These people here are going to support you. We're going to pray for one another. We support each other. You you see, associating with godly people. Now, some stop attending church after they graduate. It just happens almost every year. Um, People go away to school. They come back home on the weekend. They come maybe a few times to church during the semester, but some of the times people just drift away after they've been in church for all their life up to that age. But nothing is further from the truth that after you graduate, you don't need the church. I'm going to tell you, you need the church. You need Jesus. You need each other. You need godly people in your lives. And this is why. Let me tell you why. From the age 18 to the age 25, there are more decisions. Now I'm talking about important decisions made in people's life than any other time in their life. From 18 to 25. Think of all the things that happened during that time. People get married. People go to college people graduate people get a job people people have children people buy a house it is in that age time that a lot of important decisions are made now during your life you will need the church you will need godly counsel we need church we need each other why because you're going to find people your friends that will be unfaithful to you. You will you might even face divorce. You might you might face a personal illness. You might face heartache. I can almost guarantee you you're going to. You might face financial difficulties. You might have to move several times. You might have an addition to your family. That's called children. You might have wayward children. You may lose a precious loved one during your time. You might get cancer during your time. You might have a heart problem during your your time. I'm going to guarantee you, you're going to have some crises 
in life. First Peter chapter number one. You're going to need godly people. We're going to need each other. First Peter chapter four verse twelve. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to test you as though some strange thing has happened unto you. You know, Jesus said, there's nothing that you're going to go through that I haven't already gone through. Jesus went through it all. He, he knows everything. He knows every trial, test, trouble, problem that you're ever going to face. He's already done that. And so that's why He can be right there with you. Turn with me to James <coughs> chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing this, that the testing of your faith worketh patience. Believe me, listen, not just graduates, but each other. Believe me, you're going to need the church. You're going to need Jesus. You're going to need you're going to need prayer support. You're going to need good advice. James chapter 5, verse 16. You're going to need prayer. Confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth not. Listen, my friend. Young people, adults, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together, as in the manner of some is. But exhorting each other, much more than so, as you see the day approaching. What day is that? The day that Jesus Christ will come back. The day He will take His church. Be ready. Don't be slack. Don't put this off. Don't say, oh, when I get older, I'll come back. Don't ever leave. Stay in the church. Stay with Jesus. And finally, we see the explanation for success. Turn with me back to Joshua chapter 1. Here's the explanation of how to be successful. Joshua chapter 1 verse 7. Only be strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe according to all the law which Moses thy servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand to the left that thou mayest prosper whatever thou, wherever thou goest. This book. Now I'd like everybody right now to hold the Bible up. This book. That's what he's talking about. Now in that day, there was only five books. The first five books. That's all the Hebrews had. They had, it was just called the book of Moses in that day. Men have since divided it into to five books. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. This book, he says, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Thou shalt, uh, thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way what prosperous. 
And thou shalt have what? Good success. Have not I commanded thee? Be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee wherever thou goest. This book, verse 8, we can call it the Bible today. This book is the key to being successful in your life. Let it be the center of your decisions. Meditate on what it says. Observe it and you will be, as it said, prosperous. Now there's five things you can do with the Bible. Are you ready? You ready for them? Use your fingers. Five things. You can read it. You can study it. You can hear it. That's what you're doing this morning. You can, you can meditate on it. And you can memorize it. Five fingers. Just like a Colonel Sanders, it's finger licking good. That's the scripture, spiritually speaking. Finger licking good. Amen? Amen. You could write those five things on each finger to remember what God says about His Word. But you know there's a sixth thing you can do? Did you know that? There is. You know what you can do? You can ignore it. You can, you can put it on your coffee table or in a bookshelf and let dust gather on it. You won't be too prosperous if you do that. Oh, you may be in the world's eyes the most famous rock star or movie star or, or individual. People may want your autographs. You may become the greatest athlete in the world. But you know what? If you leave Jesus out, it'll all be ashes in the end. So let me give you this advice. You might want to write this down. If you ignore the Word of God, here's what's going to happen. This book, this book will keep you from sin or sin will keep you from this book. Did you get that? This book will keep you from sin or sin will keep you from this book. So, the Word of God, it is infallible, it is inerrant, it is perfect. Let us read about that so we can know that what the preacher said is right. Second Timothy, and we're looking in chapter number 3, 2 Timothy 3. And we want to read verses 16 and 17. All Scripture. Did you ever try to define all? All. What's, what is all? The entirety from Genesis in the beginning to the last word in Revelation. Amen. All Scripture. All 66 books are inspired that is, God breathed upon the writers that they wrote perfectly. Every word is perfect. All Scripture is written, given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for what? Doctrine, that's teaching. For reproof, that's correcting you. For correction, knowing, knowing how to get back to God. For the instruction 
in righteousness that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. So let's see. Did Joshua do what Moses and God told him to do? Turn back to Joshua. Let's see. Joshua chapter number 8. Joshua chapter number 8. Verse 34 and 35. Joshua 8, 34 and 35. And afterwards, Joshua read all the words of the law, the blessings and the cursings, according to all that is written in the book of the law. There was not a word of all that Moses commanded, which Joshua read not before all the congregation of Israel with the women and the little ones and the sojourners among them. I think Joshua continued to do what God said. Well, let's look what happened. 30 years later. Are you ready? 30 years later. Turn with me to Joshua chapter number 24. 30 years later. Let me tell you what has happened in this 30-year period. Joshua has taken these 2 million teenagers... Across the Jordan River, and he has conquered the seven heathen nations, and the children of Israel have moved in and become a mighty, mighty force in Canaan called Israel. And here is Joshua's last words to the people, chapter 24, verse number 15. And if it seem evil unto you, to serve the Lord. Choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river, or the gods of the Amorites, in which land you do dwell. But as for me, hey, read it with me. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Verse 26 in closing. And Joshua Joshua wrote these words in the book of the law and took a great stone and set it up there under an oak that was by the sanctuary of the Lord. He made a memorial. He set up a stone altar, a recognition that for him and his house they were serving the Lord. Amen? Amen. I pray that everyone, not just the graduates, we're not trying to pick on them today, but we wanted to give them a word of encouragement. I pray that all of us, all of us, will say these things that we've learned this morning about Joshua. I believe Joshua was a successful graduate, don't you? I believe that he, in heaven, someday we will see him and God will have crowned him and given him a great position of authority because he was faithful to his authority that God gave him here on earth as the leader of the children of Israel. Let's bow our heads just for a moment. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed. Maybe you're here today and you have not accepted the Lord Jesus Christ into your life 
And therefore you are, you are struggling through life uh, trying to attain the things that you think are important and it's very difficult to do. Jesus will make the road a lot smoother. Now I'm not going to tell you that being a Christian is a bed of roses. Far from it. The devil will not be happy if you get saved. He will want you to fall and falter. But you've got to remember that God has promised, you read it today, I read it to you today, that God will never leave you nor forsake you. He will be with you even to the last breath. And then he'll take you into his eternal kingdom. Or maybe you're here today and and your life has not been lived for the Lord as we have read about Joshua's life today. That our life sometimes gets a detour. We take a a road we shouldn't take. We do things we shouldn't do. We get ourselves into trouble, into messes. And we need God's help. Well, He'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. You know, it wasn't God that left you. You're the one that left God. He wants you back. He says, Come unto me, all ye who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. God wants you to be His child in His kingdom, in His church. He wants you to be working, graduating daily towards that eternal home of glory. Maybe you're here and you've been saved, but you haven't followed the Lord in baptism. God's speaking to your heart possibly about that. Follow the Lord in believer's baptism. Don't be ashamed to tell the world I've been saved. I'm I'm going to demonstrate that through the liquid grave of baptism, showing the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. Then maybe God might be calling someone here into a deeper Christian walk. Whatever God is speaking to you to do, Maybe becoming a member of the local church. I I don't know what God might be saying to you today. But if he's speaking, you know what? The best thing you can do is arise, go. Just like Joshua did. Arise, go, do it. Don't be ashamed of the gospel. Father, we thank you for uh, the word that we have heard today. We thank you that it was an encouragement to each person especially to our graduates. We pray your blessing now upon the Stryker Bible Church and its future that we might be obedient to do your will and your way for your glory. We ask in Jesus' name as we would stand together and we'll sing the first verse of Just As I Am, page 488, 488. Just as I am. talk about any of these situations that we have uh, discussed this morning and the invitation, please feel to do so.